forward. Because I'm convinced tonight that after all that we're seeing take place in life today, there is going to be a season that we're going to encounter where God is going to give us the strength to move forward. And I want to talk to you about that for a few moments. This sermon came when Evangelist Mark was preaching and he was talking about the man whose legs began to regain strength. And, I, and I'll talk about that in a moment, but just the, the, the unique ability for the legs to regain strength in order for him to be able to advance forward defines and describes to me that there is a God in heaven who looks down and wants to restore, recover, and provide strength to where we are weak as believers. And God's divine strength enables us to advance and press on forward with dominion. Now, in the face of aggressive resistance, God desires, beloved, to give us victory. He desires to give us victory over our enemies and the strategies that hell forms against us. The oppositions of life remains an unavoidable reality. We can't escape it. We will face trials. We will face difficulties. We will face ups and downs in life. But to date, beloved, we are dealing with COVID. And in times past, maybe 10 years down the road, 5 years down the road, or even 3 years down the road, the things we dealt with may have not been so aggressive. But I declare to you, beloved, one after the other, in 97, there was an economy recession. We know that prior to that, in talking about all that has happened in the world, there was a time where the recession hit all of Wall Street and the countries and the nations of the earth. And I can tell you, beloved, there's been always something that opposes you and I, not only in the world that we're in, but even as a church and as Christians. And I want you to know tonight, there will always be oppositions. I know you were, you were expecting me to say, season is coming where no, there will be seasons. Where God will give us rest, God will give us peace. Remember when you read the Bible, in the Old Testament there was a place called Rephidim. Rephidim represented a place of rest in the book of Exodus. Rephidim was the place where the people of Israel journeyed through the desert. There was a season of dryness. Eventually, they came to a place called Rephidim. And the Bible says God gave them rest right there from the Amalekites. So there are seasons where God will give us rest, but I want to speak to you concerning strength this evening. And the Bible says in Matthew 11 verses 12, not my main text, but read that for the sake of understanding tonight. Matthew chapter 11 verses 12, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. The kingdom of God has always been the enemy's prime target because it is the enemy's greatest threat. I want you to get that. I really want you to catch that. The kingdom of God is the, great, is, is the enemy's greatest target because the kingdom of God is his greatest 
threat. When you pray, it, it threatens him the most. When you go buy a lollipop, he's not scared. Are you with me? He's not afraid that you went and eat chicken rice. He's not afraid that you know you sat down for a meal or you did something with your finances. He's not afraid of all that. What he's afraid of is when you pray. What he's afraid of when you come to church. What he's afraid of is when you open this book and you start reading this book. He's afraid of that. He's afraid that when you start doing those things, he, his kingdom will suffer violence. Or rather... It will be destroyed and it will be defeated. And so this is why I said if it isn't COVID, it will always be something else. So as Christians, we have to make up our mind. If we want God to give us the strength to overcome and to, and, and to be able to succeed and have victory in the areas that we may face in the times that we will face in times to come. The assurance we have is this, beloved. Listen very carefully to me. The assurance we have, the knowledge that the enemy has, exposes the truth that we who remain righteous and faithful will emerge victorious. Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 7 through 10. We're going to go ahead and dissect the passage we're reading there. The scripture tells us in Nehemiah 4, 7, and now it happened. When Senbalat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the Ashdodites heard that the wall of Jerusalem were being restored and the gaps were being, beginning to be closed, that they became very angry. All of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and to create confusion. Nevertheless, what did Nehemiah do? We made our prayers to our God because of them. And because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. Then Judah said, the strength of the laborers is failing. And there is so much rubbish that we are not able to build the wall. So Nehemiah is a burdened prophet. He's a man who was, a, who was the king's cupbearer. He came to Jerusalem on a visit. This was his homeland. He saw the walls that were there and he said, this is not right, guys. This is not acceptable. This is not how the, the nation or the city where God has called us to place and to, con to call his place, uh, 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 his, his, his place of worship. This is not acceptable. This is not, ex this is not right. And so he saw the condition. It's walls and ruins and he determined it in his heart and he said that I need to do something about it. He personally responded to the burden that he had. He didn't wait for someone else to do something. He didn't wait for somebody to respond. This represents the life of every believer here, beloved. When you aspire to do something for God, 
When you aspire to become an, a, a participant in God's kingdom, when we see the need to respond, I want to say to you, hear me carefully. When you see the need and you choose to say, I want to do something for God. I want to be a participant. I want to get involved. I want to do what God's called me to Anytime you choose to excel for God, Satan will send Sanballats to hinder your progress. He will bring the Senbalats from the world to obstruct. He will send temptation just like Jesus when he was in the desert and he appeared. Satan said, if you would turn this bread or this stone to bread or if you would stand on that mountain and cause all of these people to worship or if you would cause me or you would worship me, I will give all of this to you. Those temptations represented a threat that Satan had that if Jesus pursued to move forward, Satan's kingdom will suffer violence. And so Satan has to stop that. Every time you choose to be obedient, every time you choose to give, every time you choose to pray, every time you choose to read the Bible, every time you choose to participate, every time you choose to come to church, every time you choose to commit your life and to say, I want to do something for God, you become a target of Satan and Satan will do everything in his power to aim and to pull you down, to discourage you and to take and attack, uh, to assault and to attack you. That is the reality all through scripture, beloved. He will threaten you and he will put fear in you. So you know what most Christians do? They give in. Instead of fighting to come to church, they give in. Instead of fighting to listen unobstructedly to the sermon, they give in. Instead of fighting to say, you know what, I ought to be praying at this time, they give in. Instead of saying, you know what, I ought to be giving, they give in. Because they know that the moment they do right, war is coming. Tonight, the wall that we're referring to in this passage represents the church. The church is a place where protection is found. The church is a place where covering, the Bible says, on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It is in the church that Satan is defeated. And I declare to you, beloved, this is where spiritual warfare happens. It is here that we must understand that when the walls are built and when the walls of protection are established, your life is protected from the vials and the wicked darts of the enemy because the church represents the wall of protection. And tonight the question is, when you look at the church, when you look at the kingdom, when you look at the house of God, do you see needs that you could probably rise up to meet? Is there needs that you say, you know what, this is my church, this is my responsibility, this is where my spiritual protection comes from, this is where I am protected from the vials of Sanballat and the strategies of devil, this is where the warfare of God's kingdom is brought to, to surface, this is the battle room church and Nehemiah looked and said it's in ruins 
So the question tonight is will we be blindsided to the reality that Satan wants to attack us? He will do anything and everything in his power to do it. Subtly, deceptively, he will do it without you knowing and connivingly scam you into becoming a candidate and his victim. Strength tonight is necessary for the building of God's kingdom. When people no longer have strength, the kingdom becomes a target without walls. And this right here must be established because the Bible says in verses 10, then Judah said, can we go ahead and put that up? Verses 10. I want you to see this passage. Look, look at this. Verses 10. Then Judah said, the strength of the laborers is failing. And there is so much rubbish that we are not able to build the wall. So what was Satan's main target? Their strength. You know, when, you, when you're playing a video game, right? I used to play this game called karate something. I, I, I can't <laughs> and, 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 and what we used to do is this guy used to, you know, he had this taekwondo uniform on, karate uniform on, black belt. And we used to play that, you know, in those little, uh, um, uh, in those days, they used to have the cartridge. And so, and you know, the guy would kick. And, 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 then, and, then, and then we would, we would play. But you know, the moment the guy gets hit, his level of energy drops one bar and then drops another bar and then drops another bar. Eventually, the, 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 the big man comes out. He's the master and he shows up and you know what he does? He comes because you are so weak. He gives you one punch and you're out. And that's exactly what Satan wants to do. He sends you all of his, you know, uh, uh, downliners to come and distract you to come and assault you, to come and play with your mind, to draw your attention away from God, to take you away from the things that really matter the most to God. He does all of that. Then eventually he comes into the scene. He gives you one good heart punch or even just a push and boom, you fall. Because the truth be told, that is exactly how spiritual warfare and the attack of Satan comes to pass look at this the rubbish in verses 8 and 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 in verses in verses 8 the bible says and they conspired together and then the bible says in verses 8 as well they created confusion you know when your mind has no dominion the devil brings confusion distraction kills dominion their strength as the bible says was failing them what the enemy aimed to do was to influence the mind 
He came to discourage the people from progressing. He looked at them, he mocked and he criticized. He brought conspiracies, he created confusion. He brought to them a spirit of disunity and he began to cause them to see this is not working, we can't agree and we can't make this happen. And he began to sow discord among the people just to somewhere and somehow discourage people. And as he did so, their strength began to dwindle. What did he do? He conspired, brought some lies, and that lies led to confusion. And that confusion made them look at all the rubbish that was there and they began to tell themselves, there is no way we can rebuild this wall. Forget it. Let someone else do it. And that could be us tonight. We have been so, you know, twisted in our mind through the devil's agenda to the point that we look at the rubbish and the rubbles and just like the children of Israel, they're looking at this and they're saying to themselves, there is no way we can rebuild this wall. Look at the amount of trash right there. Can I ask you tonight, does that look like your marriage? Does that look like your business? Does that look like your parenting? Does that look like your job? Does that look like your ministry tonight? When you look at it, you're saying, Oh, I really want to build something good. I really want to build a wall. I really want to have a good relationship. But look at the mess. Forget it. I'm going somewhere else to do something else. Are you with me? See, if we're not careful, that can be our spirit. We can get so caught up with the mess that we become so discouraged and we forget that God does the impossible. Their strength is failing them, beloved. Their ability to carry on was being challenged. We can't do this. Nehemiah, are you insane? We are weak. We can't. We are dying. There was despair. Their resolve of completing the wall was beginning to fade. You know, when Nebuchadnezzar was king, beloved, what happened was the, the walls were there. And the walls had come down when he was king. And so when the walls came down, all this rubble was still present. This was the, this was the, this was the, the mess from the past. And you could be here tonight, you could be listening online and you could be saying, oh my, the mess from the past. I don't see any hope. I don't see any future. I don't see that there's anything that can even work out from here. There doesn't seem to be any kind of promise. And you know what the enemy does? He keeps emphasizing that to the point that we feel that there is no strength in us anymore to move forward or to advance forward. He emphasizes the chaos to bring despair. You know, Acts chapter 3, the other day, you know, the sermon that was preached, it said, and he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Received strength. So what happened? 
What happened? What happened? Look, look, look at this. What happened? The moment strength came in, strength is the key word right here. The moment strength was present. Beloved, the Bible then goes on to say, victoriously, he started leaping. He stood, he walked, he entered the temple, walking, leaping and praising God. Listen to me, beloved. What we need tonight is a dose of God's strength. We look at the mess and we tell ourselves there is no hope. We look at the church and we say there is no hope. We look at our finances and we say there is no hope. I stand before you today and say, listen, we serve the God who does the impossible. We serve the God who sees the mess and He says, I see the potential in that mess. What He's looking for is a people who will say, I'm willing I want to do this. I want to build a wall. I'm not going to let the, the, the seemingly discouraging scene affect me from my potential of what God can do in my life. I'm not going to allow the scene that, I, that I'm viewing right now to hinder me from building and doing and establishing a house for God. The choice is yours. Everyone has to make that choice. You can choose to look at the rubbish. You can choose to believe Satan's lie. You can choose to uh, 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 subscribe to what he says that, oh, you know, look at those people, they don't care about you. Or you can choose to believe all of that. But you must learn, beloved, to know something and to realize something. That the enemy who comes against you understands that you are a source of strength in the kingdom of God. And he will do everything to assault you and to attack you. But when you stand your ground, beloved, when you fight as a Christian, I declare to you, just like the book of Acts, you will one day rise up leaping, jumping, walking, and praising God for the glory of what God can do. See, the lame man receives strength. And I want to say this to you tonight. Christians must never be stagnant. Let me ask you tonight, let me ask you tonight. Have you grown in your prayer life from last year? Has your faith increased from last year? Have you grown from being who you were to doing more for God today? Have you become more involved in the things? Have you, are you praying more than you used to in the past? Or are you praying lesser? You see, a life of a Christian who is stagnant is a life of a Christian that is not progressing. So my point tonight is simply this. Spiritual strength tonight is an invaluable commodity in the kingdom of God. When you would fight to have strength. I'm dying, but you would still pray like it's the last prayer you would pray. I'm dying, but you will still give like it's the last dollar that you have. I'm dying, but you will still stay up at night and fight in the spiritual realm for your family and your marriage. I believe, beloved, 
when you can come to that place, you would find strength that goes beyond description. There is a strength, beloved. There have been times in my own life I've been discouraged, I've been despair, I've been in, in, in moments of just, God, I, what, what do I do from here? I've had moments like that and, and I've, I've questioned, I said, God, are you even listening to my prayer? God, are you even there for us? God, do you even want to help us? And I can declare to you, I would go to bed at night and in the morning when I wake up, beloved, there is a renewed strength. I I, I can only say my encounter with God and my experience with God that when God can do that for me, when I can wake up in the morning and feel renewed and feel refreshed, that is not a miracle from sleep. That is a miracle that there is a God in heaven who brings healing upon you when you're asleep. And I say, God, how can I doubt you? Because I said, God, I need strength and you give it to me in the morning. Every morning, the mercies of the Lord are new. And I say to you, beloved, those, the strength of God is a testimony of God's real, uh, of God's existence. You want to know if God is real? Ask Him for strength. And you watch how God will give you strength to work and to labor and to do what you've called to. God, I don't feel like going on another day. Give me strength, oh God. And when you sincerely acknowledge that it all comes from God, can I tell you, beloved, I've learned one thing. Put all of the distractions. Stop looking at the phone. Stop looking at YouTube. Just pray with earnestness. And I tell you, when you do that, eliminating all distractions, God, God will touch you. I know it. I know it, beloved. There's no such thing as the God that we serve. His hands is short-handed. He is a God who does the impossible. And I'm certain that God will give us strength when we need it. So in order for us to remain strengthened, I'm going to give you three things. Number one, how do I stay strengthened, pastor? What do I need to do? You need to first and foremost surround yourself with godly people. You need to be spending time with people who pray and read the Bible. You need to be spending time with godly saints who sincerely not just pray uh, because they want God to act on something for them. Not just pray and have a vigil or, you know, fasting through the night or, you know, praying through the night for something that they want God to do for them. No, no, no. I'm talking about people who have a lifestyle of prayer. This is what God has been showing me so evidently. God is not interested with those who come to Him and say, Oh, God, help our nation. But the rest of the year, you don't pray. You don't pray for souls. You don't pray for the church. You don't pray for God to bring uh, 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 salvation to the souls. Of, but we pray for things that benefit us. Can I tell you something? The least of God's concern is everything else that happens in the world. God's main concern is souls. That's why He died. And I'll tell you what, when people understand that, God will give people resources because their main desire is to reach the lost for Jesus. 
God, give me finances so that I can reach souls for you. God will give it to you. God, give me, Lord, the ability to impact people because I want to touch souls for you. God will give it to you. God, give me favor with people whom I'm talking to. Give me strength to witness to them. I'm telling God will give it to you. You know why? Because souls is his heartbeat. Money is not his heartbeat. <laughs> you better get that in your, in your heart of hearts. You better get that because God's main heart, he died so people can get saved. So God will do anything. You know, I know now people are saying, oh, what about our PM and all that? No, I believe that God worked all things out. I'm, I'm happy. You know why? I'll tell you why. Because God saw that this is the only way most souls will get saved. <laughs> How dare you say that? Yes, I just did. I am convinced God did it on purpose. Because His agenda is one thing. I want people to come to salvation. It's not the economy, it's not the, nothing, nothing. Read the word of God, not the nation, not prosperity, nothing. That is all secondary. If you have a heart for souls, God will bring all the rest to pass. That's why the church is blessed. We can face COVID and people are still blessed. Why? Because our heart is souls. Why church? Have you wondered why? When a church is, is not aiming for souls, but the pastor to drive a nice car or, you know, to, to live in a luxurious home and to have, you know, all of that, and nothing about souls, why does God not provide for that? Because it's not His heartbeat. You want to know why we can challenge the church and within the next day, nearly double, close to triple the amount would come in on the month? Because God sees it's His souls. I will bless people in this church because their heart is for souls. The truth. Are you with me? That's where strength comes from. That's the heartbeat of God. So surround yourself with godly people. Secondly, develop a kingdom perspective. Why are we doing this? Why are we gathering? Why are we giving? Why are we investing? Why are we faithful to church? Because God says, I have a vision. And that vision is for the lost to come to salvation. And why did Nehemiah say, we have to build the wall? Why did Nehemiah say, the wall needs to be rebuilt? Beloved, because I believe that we are part of something that is bigger than ourselves. In other words, when the devil tries to take strength away from you, you have to stand firm and say, no, God put me here for a purpose. And I know that his plan and his will doesn't change. It is irrevocable, the Bible says in, he, uh, in Romans chapter 11. And I say to you right here, beloved, when the heart of God becomes our heart we will find un, unexplainable strength that God will give us. Amen. So let me, let me say this right here. The third thing if you want to stay and have strength God I need strength to be able to carry this God. You got to press into God in prayer. Prayer is such a vital, vital element, beloved. A vibrant relationship with God. I have seen this to be true, beloved. People who don't pray are people who have no strength. 
I can't, I can't, I can't. You, do you remember Jesus? He said, uh, the, the disciples came to Jesus and what did he say? He said, we tried casting him out. And Jesus said, what's wrong with you? This will only come out through prayer and fasting. It's spiritual. Dominion comes through prayer. So you want strength? It comes when you pray, when you read the word. There's a renewal, there's a refreshing that happens. Philippians chapter 4, 13, beloved, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It is, time as, it is times as this that the enemy will target us, beloved. But I tell you what, if he cannot eliminate us from the building of God's kingdom, he will distract our strength. Nehemiah chapter 4, 16 to 17. I want you to look. I'm going to bring this down very close, uh, very quickly. I know you loved Pastor Mark and Siva preaching because they preach in 30 minutes. <laughs> but it's okay. You, you, I'm your pastor. You get used to me. <laughs> you can write in. Can you get them to preach more? Maybe you preach like once a month. <laughs> no, man, they, they, they would probably stone me because if, uh, but anyway Nehemiah chapter 4 16 to 17 the Bible says so it was from that time on that half of my servants worked at construction while the other half held the spears and the shields the bows and war armor and the leaders were behind all the house of Judah those who built on the wall and those who carried burdens loaded themselves so that with one hand they worked at construction and with the other held a weapon. Can you imagine the same men who were building had to keep watch just in case the enemy came. This is why we need intercessors. This is where you come in and you say, you know, there are times as I'm praying as a pastor, my desire, God, give us men and women who will intercede for the service, who will fight for dominion. Because listen, there are times you are here, you're building and you're constructing and at the same time, you have your weapon on your side and you're ready to swipe. And when the devil comes, that can be very tormenting. That's why godly people are vital because they, they have your back. They're praying for you. They're fighting for you. As your pastor, I'm fighting for you. Every day I'm fighting. So you, you, can, you can focus on certain things, but at the same time, you pray for us. This is where strength comes from. See, the building process continued, but the burden carried by these men limited their ability to function at full capacity. Senbalat's agenda was to siphon, vacuum one thing out of them, strength. If I can make them tired, if I can wear them out, if I can make them lose energy, if I can mentally distract them, if I can cause them to be disturbed, oh, I got them. You see, listen to me. Strength births dominion. When dominion is present, the enemy's agenda, the enemy's assault becomes ineffective. 
You see, you got to say, you, you've, you've got to come to a place, beloved, where you're fighting with the strength that God gives you. And when the strength is present, no matter what the enemy is doing against you, you're so strengthened in your prayer life that the enemy can't even gain access. You're so strengthened in your faithfulness to God. You're so strengthened in all that you're doing for God that the enemy is throwing his darts at you. And you're like, i got no time for that, bro. I've got other things to do. Why? Because when you have strength that God gives you, dominion becomes the byproduct. And when dominion is present, how many know the devil has no right over you? The Bible says in the book of Joshua, wherever your foot shall tread upon, that I will give to you. That's the dominion we carry as Christians. That means when we walk into the prayer room, there must be a change in the atmosphere. Not that, not that we are, you know, supernatural, you know, uh, uh, individuals. But there must be, a, that means the, the Satan is like, oh, he's here, he's here, he's here. And he runs. That's dominion. See, that kind of strength, that means you're not going to give in to the tiredness. You're not going to give in to the, I don't feel like praying today. Your strength that comes from God gives you dominion in the spiritual realm. So what gave these men? They continued building. They didn't quit. They didn't give in to the conspiracy. They didn't give in to the confusion. They didn't give in to the rubbish. They didn't give in to what they saw visibly. They stood up and said, No, God, you put this vision in our heart. We will finish what we started. And the church needs men and women like that. The righteous will experience God fight for them. And true strength will enable them to endure to the end. Let me tell you, God has unlimited resources of strength. And He wants to help all of us. I want you to know, I'm preaching this to encourage you. Because I want you to know that you can feel tired, you can feel bogged down, you can feel worn out, you can feel like there's no hope. You can look at the world and the nation and you can look at all of these things. Take your eyes off this world and look to Jesus. This world will only disappoint you, church. But if your heart is for souls, God, use me as a sanctuary for souls. Oh, beloved, I tell you, financial blessing will flow. I tell you, breakthroughs will flow. I'm telling you, doors will open. Opportunities will come. Because God sees your heart is my heart. And I will bless you. Souls. Souls. Build a wall. Nehemiah 4.15 as we close. Two scriptures here. It happened. Nehemiah 4.15. It happened when our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had brought their plot to nothing. Brought, God brought their plot to nothing. Zit. Nothing. Oh, they, they, they strategize, right? The evil men, the wicked men, they strategize to pull down Nehemiah and his men. But God says, I caused it to be nothing. Can I tell you, that's exactly what God wants to do to us. 
that Satan is doing all these things, trying to discourage you, trying to tear your family apart, trying to come against your marriage, trying to take your attention away from God. And you say, God, give me strength to stay faithful. Give me strength to stay committed. Give me strength to do right. Give me strength, oh God, to be able to to be a testimony to what you've called me. You put me, God, to build your wall, God. And I am going to, I need your strength, God. And when God gives you that strength, can I tell you, the enemy is plotting. The enemy is planning. Can I tell you, he looks at our church and the Satan is threatened by who we are. He says, no, 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 I can't touch these people. You know why? Every day they come to God and they say, I rebuke you, Satan. And they say every time Satan wants to touch someone, it's like, better take your hands off, devil. At least for me, I pray in the morning like that and I pray at night before I go to sleep like that for every one of you. Right now, give them a good night's sleep. I rebuke you, Satan. Take your tormenting spirit away from their mind. And I'm confident Satan is threatened. He's not going to... He will try. But I'm here to tell you, beloved, that the reality is this. God will bring His plot to nothing for those who are faithful and will constantly seek the strength of God. Numbers 13, 33, as we close, last passage of Scripture. (laughs) Your pastor says three times he closes. So this is the second time I said it. And so one more to go. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. How many feel like a grasshopper sometimes? It's a myth. Satan has no power over us. When you're righteous, when you are fighting for God to give you strength. Oh, I, that's what I said, beloved. God has spoken to me. There's a segregation between the righteous and the unrighteous. You know what's the blessing for the people who are righteous and do the right thing? Every day you make a decision. God, I don't feel like praying, but you pray. God, I don't feel like doing it, but you do it. God, I don't feel, but you do You make a decision above your emotion and your feeling. There's righteousness. You choose to do right. You choose to give. You choose to go above. And, and God says, those people who seek their strength from me, I will bless them. I will give them victory. That even though the people of Amalek can seem like giants, they can come and threaten them. They can put fear in them. I will give them victory. And I'm here to tell you that is our portion tonight. That is our portion tonight. You can stand knowing tonight that God will give you the strength to move forward. Amen? That we as Christians have the strength to move forward. That His blessing upon us becomes our heritage, our heritage, because we obey. Like what Pastor Adrian preaches my Gideon. You look at Gideon and you think, how am I going to have victory? But God uses the weak things to put to shame the wise. And that's my challenge to you. 
will you tonight, wherever you're at, we're going to pray together and I'm going to pray with you in a moment. I know many are struggling. I know there are people who are probably watching online who are struggling. I know, beloved, it's not easy what we are dealing with and what we are going through, but I'm here to tell you God wants to give you strength. I want to pray that God will give you strength this week. I want to pray that God is going to manifest Himself to you. That when you put your hands to His work, there is no devil in hell that will hinder you. But stay focused that the only thing that begins to, to, to disseminate God's strength into your life is when your focus is on His kingdom, not on the things of the world. And when you keep aligning your mind towards God's kingdom, when you keep aligning your heart towards the kingdom of God, I'm here to tell you tonight, there's a strength of God. Because when He becomes your focus, He becomes your source of strength. I want you to bow your heads tonight. Tonight we have a choice to make. God's strength that we're talking about tonight is associated with His kingdom. 